There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, Stephen Diener hosted the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Live from Spring Training. This is a KMOX ripoff. KMOX, of course, would never employ me. They do employ Dan. No, they don't. Well, they have employed Dan. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> but you pop up on there all the time. Yeah, I actually will. But you pop, pop up everywhere. I, I'm, yes. <laughs> some I want to pop up into things, and other times I don't. Some <laughs> you don't want to pop up. But they do the uh, sports on a Sunday morning, so we're doing that today. Dan, of course, will have the call of the Cardinals and Nationals at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium coming up here in a couple of hours. And you can see that on Fox Sports Midwest. Our Q&A session on the Tim McKernan Show Facebook Live page and also on Twitter is brought to you by Design Air Heating and Cooling. Design okay, Air, I really cool. enjoy doing this. Do Go ahead. But no, it's fine. No, I just, Design Air, they do wonderful work. They got the whole thing back here. It's a wonderful little set, even though you can see baby toys everywhere. Yeah. It looks like a set. Jesus has got a hell of a set up. He's <laughs> have a nice set. I mean, it's really it's a nice. tiger. There's a football, and he's six months old. and can't do anything with any of it. But you enjoy doing this. I You're do. on a Sunday morning. For yeah. I, well, I enjoy it. I, yeah. I think we have developed very good chemistry. We've got a nice little rapport. And uh, even when I interrupt the people that are paying for your show. I kind of like it. You, and okay. Seth Goldcamp from Designer enjoys it as well. Seth, thanks. Thank you, Seth. And I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, Dan, here's the thing. It's going to get warmer in St. Louis at some point, And when that happens, you want your air conditioning to work, don't I you? I do. The I, kids I, would be so mad at you. Oh, uh, they'd be yeah. irate. Yeah, they'd be irate. So they had another word for irate. Yeah, that's a little bit. Yeah. It's, program. It's, it's a Sunday morning. It's a Sunday morning show. <laughs> it's designerservice.com. They're the number one train dealer in the Midwest. It's hard to stop a train if you need a new air conditioning, design air, heating and cooling. You'll be on the call of the Cardinals and Nationals here in a couple of hours and a John Gant started the game. Yeah, you know, he's uh, do you remember watching him last year? I don't know if you... Yes, I do. And he yeah. had a weird delivery. And it was, yeah, it was kind of like a, I don't even know how, did it compare to anybody? Is it yes. Other step? We yeah. had a guy, um, well, if you ever watch Carter Kepps, he was a guy from Miami that actually would yeah. like start on the the pitching rubber and jump, so he'd still the ball would still be in his hand as the back of his leg was off the pitching rubber. Right, it was really weird, but it worked for him. And so um, anyway, this guy used to kind of do a similar type thing, and now he's gone to the quote unquote normal delivery, and he gives the Cardinals depth. You know, he could wind up uh, being in your bullpen. He could be a swingman. He could be a starter at Memphis, which is yeah, probably where he's going to go. Um, and then they're going to put some guys on the backfields today as uh, you get ready to go for the final week or so of, of spring training here. And then they go to Montreal for a couple of games. And then the team will go to New York where the weather will change quite a bit. Yes, it will. Uh, it's going to be freezing in New York, I would assume. I was just looking at my uh, weather deal. It's I've like been looking. You've already checked the forecast. I like that. Well, I'm working with Tim McCarver, okay, those first three games. He, Damn! <laughs> you are here. You got a pack ride. <laughs> so I'm been talking with him about you know the most important things of where we're going to go to dinner. Absolutely. So uh, and pack my coat. So uh, but that's what we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. we we really get down to the nuts and bolts. How are things looking? And how does the forecast? Hey, I understand that and I support it. 
Uh, I'm in the process of sharing things on all these pages on Facebook as we do. Unbelievable. For the record, all the multitasking, it truly is phenomenal. So that TMA fan page, I'm going there, my page, and uh, we welcome people to ask their questions. We already had a few Mm -hmm. coming in. Uh, And one of the questions, we were discussing this actually before we started, was Jack Flaherty and how good he has looked, but as the Cardinal rotation has stabilized a bit with Michaelis and Reaver, really good. Uh, and you know they're not going to be messing with Carlos Martinez, Michael Walker, you know Adam Wainwright. Jack Flaherty, as good as he's been, is probably going to start at Memphis. I, I would think so. I, I don't think they want to mess with him in the bullpen. I mean, certainly they could. He, he's been really good down here. Yeah. And the pitching here in the last week for folks that have not really been good. Yeah, excitingly good. Yes. I mean, this is where you go, okay, yeah. you know, now there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So I think it's... If my numbers are correct, well, yesterday they, they gave up one hit. That was it. And a shout-out. That was Luke Weaver. He was awesome. Six he's, strikeouts. He wasn't happy with his three walks, but six strikeouts. Yes. He's throwing the ball hard, which we saw last year. Uh, the changeup was a plus changeup, which it's been. But his curveball has been exceptional. And I, I brought that up on the, the telecast yesterday on Fox Sports Midwest. Nice. Done. It was Thank you. been seamlessly. If there wasn't a pause, I would have even noticed you, it. Yeah. Because I'm just typing away you here just, like a... Court reporter. <laughs> oh, I just thought you were like recording everything. That no, no, oh, no, I'm sharing it on pages. Oh, there's no transcription. I thought that's what you were doing. No. To go over it later for your wife, you and Jameson. Yeah. Some late night reading. Did you hear what Dan said about clarity? <laughs> some late night <laughs> reading. That's, right. that's what he's got. Um, so anyway, the pitching's been great, and I think it. Uh, is that Larry Nickel? Uh, it's Larry Nickel. The Christmas picture. Yeah, it's Larry Nickel. There's Nissan's beard. There's Larry Nickel with a lipstick from Kiss. That's and then there's Adam, Anna Marie, and Charles Barkley. It's darling. Championship. It's my Facebook page is a real treat. <laughs> it's darling. Try to create an account just so you can see that going. Now on. I realize why I don't have. One. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the pitching. 20, yes. I think it's been 25 and a third, and they've given up maybe one or two runs combined. The starters here. I saw Flaherty throw on Thursday against the really? Orioles. One nothing game. Scope got him for a long home run, but that was it. He was yeah. outstanding. The Michaelis was Friday. Pretty good. Mistaken. Yeah. So I, here's the thing I've seen with Michaelis is that his first innings have been rough, um, even when he's had success. So for instance, two starts ago, which I thought was, and I remember you, we were doing this uh, Facebook Live, and we were talking about how it was going to be a, an important start for him on that Friday night. So right. Two really poor starts. Well, the first inning, and it was against the regulars of the Astros, uh, he gets a rocket hit off him, but it turns into a double play. And he all of a sudden settled down. just settled down. And, and Ricky and Keel was on the game. By the way, Ricky did an awesome job on the game. So yeah. he was really good. It was fascinating uh, how good he, I think he can be at being an analyst. But he said, and he's still a pitcher, you know, he's still a pitcher and an outfielder and all those things. He said, Michaelis right now is flying open, and he's not on his backside, which then allows everything to stay straight, which mm-hmm. is what his biggest problem was. That he tried to pitch up, and they're trying to have him pitch up and in. Well, he hit 98 on the gun that night, and all of a sudden, when he was able to get on top of the ball, you saw a movement like out of a wiffle ball. It was incredible. Really? I mean, it was just dancing all over the place. So what it tells me is that it's there. Mm-hmm. Now, can he piece it all together? We'll, we'll find out, right. but... I'm sure there's there's a lot of pressure on him because of the contract and because of, of moving back to the states in a league that let's let's be frank beat him up you yeah. know so there's a lot of question marks there but I think it's so I, I haven't said this in a long time it is imperative for this team to get off to a good start and it's imperative I think for him to get off to a good start where other guys. 
let's just say, for argument's sake, Carlos Martinez goes out and gets lit up the first two starts. Would I be worried? Probably not. Right. You know, I think he'll figure it out. But with this guy, I'd say it's important to get off to a good start. Yeah, and the other one that has looked really good, but this has been throughout spring, unlike Michaelis, where there's been a form of a turnaround, uh, is Adam Wainwright, kind of a yeah. new angle yeah. approach. Yeah. You know, it's I talked to Mike Maddox the other day, and I, I said, okay, what's your – general feelings on a pitching philosophy. And he said, well, it's like the old, you know, like everybody always talks about, you pitch in and then you go soft away. And he said, I believe in that. And I said, are you an analytically inclined type of guy? And he said, yeah, that's fair. He said, the analytics to me, tell me what I'm, what I'm seeing with the eye test. So yeah. if a guy's got a really good curveball and they go back and they say, oh, the spin rate is this, then they, you know, they feel, okay, our eyes are telling us what we think, or the analytics are telling us what our eyes are Telling us, you know what I'm saying. Sure not. So um, anyway, with with Wainwright, I'm seeing him pitch more in, and if he's going to be around 89 to 92, which is roughly where he's been here in spring, I think the big concern for him certainly, and anybody that followed the team was, if you watched him at the end of last year, he was hitting 80 miles an hour. So he gets a cleanup surgery. Now you know he's still got velocity, mm-hmm. and you can live fine with 89 to 92. So I think I'm seeing him pitch a little bit more in, and this is this curveball's been really good and. Hey, go figure it out. Yeah. There are a couple of uh, decisions, and this has changed the discussion in spring training over the last couple of weeks, uh, where there was a lot of focus on the rotation, in particular Mikeless. Now the attention off that. Certainly a lot of excitement regarding what Luke Weaver is <clears throat> doing uh, and Adam Wainwright are doing. But now there are a couple of battles to keep an eye on here yep. before the Cardinals head north to Montreal to take on the Blue Jays and then, of course, open up the season in New York, and that's the fourth outfielder and, surprisingly, the backup catcher spot. That's the real surprising one to me, and, and Carson Kelly is a, a great kid. I've been around him a ton. Uh, he has handled the situation with Yadier Molina as well as any professional athlete can handle it. And what I mean by that, I'm not saying Yadier's been bad to him. I just mean you're behind a guy that's sure. going to play and wants to play every day, is a Cardinal Hall of Famer and maybe a Baseball Hall of Famer, and has been kind of the, the face of the franchise. He's handled all that with grace, and I know the club is like, man, we really want to see it come together for him, but, you know, he hadn't had a hit for, uh, we were doing that game on Friday, last Friday, so nine days ago, he had had a hit since February, so that, yeah, yeah, he's had a rough spring offensively, and defensively, he hasn't been great, as good as we've seen him in the past, so they're working on some things with him. Now, having said that, They've got uh, Francisco Pena, who is Tony Pena's son, who's starting to play a little bit more here down the stretch. And what that tells me, and we were talking about this, when you start seeing those kind of players play more, guys that you didn't really know about or uh, expect to play and you're late in spring training, what it tells me is they got a shot and they want to see more of them. And they want to see more of them against the regulars of other teams that are playing longer in games. So, you know, Pena gives them some of those options. And, uh, I'm not saying that Kelly's not going to make the team because we just don't know, but I think it's a big week for him, certainly going down to, you know, this time next week. And then you also have the fourth outfielder situation, kind of a pleasant surprise, unlike the catching situation with what uh, Munoz has done. How do you handicap this one at this point? Well, it's Vader and Munoz, you think? I think so. Um, I, I would say this. Randy Arozarena, who scored on a play yesterday that was insane. Yeah. I'll get to the point, but he – He's going to be a really good player, I think, or give them a shuttle from Memphis. Uh, Adolis Garcia is another one that's still in the picture, but I would say the battle right now is Bader and and uh, and Munoz. And 
where it gets tricky is, Tim, you know, how many guys do you want to take in your bullpen um, could could really dictate what they do with their bench. And I, I, what I'm trying to say is if you take um, – an extra reliever that limits your bench, you've got to have a guy with flexibility. So Munoz can play all three infield positions and can play center field. I mean, so if you had a a crazy situation where you needed a guy to go in and and go in for third or short or center field, you got that guy. Now, I'll say this. Bader, what he brings to the table is what everybody knows, which is speed, the occasional pop, um, and he's a good defensive player. I was talking to Willie McGee about him the other day, and, and he really likes him. And Bader had two diving catches that probably a lot of guys don't get to. And so my point is, if your fourth outfielder could be a guy that, that late innings and double switches that really provides great defense, that's an added bonus. And I haven't seen enough of Munoz in the outfield to make a determination one way or another. I mean, I've heard he's been fine out there, but I do know Bader is a plus defender from what I've seen. So that would maybe give him the edge going into this week. But, you know, we'll see. If a guy gets hot all of a sudden, that, that changes what you might do in that final week. Do you think there's any chance that both make it? And does that go to what your first point was on that? Then a reliever, reliever. Yeah, then a reliever gets cut. Now, the one thing that you need the extra reliever in that first few weeks of the season. I, you do and you don't because you have so many off days. And that's what's going to be fascinating in Major League Baseball this year. There's more off days this year. And if you look how the Dodgers – manipulated the 10-day DL. I mean, if you wanted to take that route and come up with Tim McKernan with a hammy, and now Dan's going to get called up because he's the fresh arm, I mean, so what? 10 days is nothing, right? I mean, these guys are interchangeable. So the the bullpen guys, and they have depth. Now, how good of the the depth is it? I don't know. I mean, time will tell. But they've got guys with options, too. So you've got Matt Bowman with options, John Brevy with options, Dominic Leone with options. Um, they, you know, they have a chance to really manipulate this thing and kind of have the shuttle going back and forth with Memphis and St. Louis, and I, I would think that they would try to do that. But because of that, I don't know who is I. Right now, I couldn't. I think I have a pretty good idea, but I wouldn't pencil it in or put it in ink. Yeah, no, I follow. I follow. You know, you mentioned uh, Leone and the back end of the bullpen. Still, who would get the save opportunity here in 11 days against the Mets? I think people would would wonder. Would you have a grasp on right now? The Cardinals have a 4-2 lead in the bottom of the ninth at City Field, and who would get the ball? I'm still going Gregerson. Gregerson. I'm still going Gregerson. How is his health number one? So his oblique, usually what happens if a guy has an oblique and it's a pitcher, my understanding is if it's right-handed, the oblique injury is on the left side. If you're left-handed, it's on the other side. His is on his right side, so it's not as serious as they – they're just being very, very cautious of him. So he threw on the backfields uh, yeah, uh, two days ago. He was on the trip with us yesterday, and um, he did not uh, – he was actually there because he lives in Orlando and had a charity function that he donated something to, and the people didn't show up. I said, well, you're a hell of a teammate. Here you are supporting that. He said, that's right. I'm a great teammate. <laughs> so anyway, uh, he's a fun guy. I, I like being around him. It's, it's good to have him back. But um, I, I think he would be my guy. And from those that I talked to, he pitched this last – I'd say two or three days ago, they said he was nasty, good okay. stuff. So I, I would think he gets the first crack at it. And you know what? If if things don't go right and they don't have a closer, you know, they certainly can go out and get one. I wonder about, we were talking about this on the show on Friday. We see what Lance Lynn got one year, $12 yeah. million with the Twins. And I was reading before you came over here, before we started the show, just to see if there was any momentum. I'm assuming you're talking about Greg Howard. <clears throat> right. 
if there was any momentum with Holland, and it seems like a few teams, uh, beat writers are talking about it, Cubs, which surprised me a little bit, uh, Red Sox, and then I was wondering from the Cardinals' standpoint, if he's out there, you can get him for one year, do you make a run at sure, it? Sure, why not? Yeah, I, mean, I know, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I, and I, I think they're going to let it go, at least from the onset. They like what they see out of the guys that they got. So I think they're going to say, hey, we'll, we'll play this first month or two with what we got. But if it blows up, then, yeah, they'll go out and be aggressive and either trade for a guy or if there's somebody still out there, go get them. Yeah. I mean, if you got to do it, you got to do it. Yeah. You know? The uh, the other options in the bullpen, uh, we've talked about Leon. How, yep. how has he looked to you so far? Really good. So with Gregerson um, being out, if the closing situation or if there's closing spots that came up this year or this past couple of weeks, they have gone with um, – with Leon mm-hmm. in that spot. So it's been, uh, he's getting the crack, you know, first crack at it. I, we had a graphic yesterday. It was unbelievable. All the guys that had had saves and opportunities like a traditional closer. I mean, from Tyler Lyons yeah. to Leon to Gregerson. I mean, all these different guys have had chances to do it. Brevia. I mean, so they have options. Um, and it's funny. I, sometimes closers develop as, as you go, right? You know, you're forced to, throw a guy because of injuries and the, the main closer that was supposed to be there gets hurt and you got to throw this guy in there and he thrives. Mm-hmm. Maybe they catch lightning in a bottle, I don't know. But Leon has been pretty good. He's got a really good slider and uh, he's kept the ball down, which has been his issue if he has problems. So he's been pretty good so far. How is Cecil? I saw him throw on Thursday against the Orioles. He had a shutout inning. Overall body of work there. I know Mike Matheny, when I talked with him in January, was very bullish on Cecil having a turnaround season this year, what has your impression been? Typical Cecil, I mean, and I mean that in a good way. I mean, you know, when you're a reliever and you start out a season and you have, like, three or four bad uh, yeah. <laughs> outings, it's tough to get the yeah. ERA back down, yeah. and it just sits there. It's kind of nasty. Yeah. Um, yeah, Michaelis is still carrying, like, a seven or eight. That's what I'm saying, yeah. you know. So, um, Brad has been fine. Uh, he it was a for those that don't know, he got into camp late. He had a family issue, so then they really just slowly eased him into mm-hmm. spring training with the idea that I think that this week we would see him a little bit more than maybe we would see him uh, in a typical spring training. So he's on this team, and uh, if he's got his stuff, which is pretty good if it's right, um, you know they, they've got a formidable left side and. The other guy that, that kind of doesn't get mentioned a lot, but, man, he's had a good spring, and he did a good job last year and has pitched well is Ryan Sheriff. Yeah. You know, yeah. the lefty and comes in there and throws hard at sinker, and if they need to go to him, they could do that too. Yeah. The uh, bullpen at this point is moving in the right direction. It's just people are wondering who will be the ninth inning guy. Will it be Gregerson when the Cardinals get underway against the Mets a week from Thursday? Your questions are welcome on the Facebook page, the Tim McKernan Show. Uh, fire them away if you would like. Dan, if you want to, you want to do a retweet to your people because that what that's going to do is going to reach an audience that I don't reach. I don't know how much of our audience crosses over. Oh, you know. Okay. So, so we'll get some more questions there. People can ask them here, and I, that gives me an opportunity to tell the audience about Triad Bank, a company that I have done business with for Inside STL when we were getting things going years ago. My brother Kevin, who owns the Improv Shop, he just did business with Triad Bank in order to get that going. They're at the corner of Clayton and Lindbergh, just across the street from Plaza Frontenac. Online at triadbanking.com. Bank CEO Jim Regna, he's right there in the lobby when you walk in, so you can ask him questions anytime you would like. Triadbanking.com. 
great for personal banking, great for business banking. It's Triad Bank, triadbanking.com, another sponsor here of our live from spring training shows. Hey, I saw you tweeting about this, and I was I actually had them. Of course, I also had Arizona winning in one of my brackets, so that immediately ended on Thursday. Uh, you were happy to see uh, Loyola, Chicago, yes. get it done last night against Tennessee in advance of the Sweet 16. I know that Porter Mosier, I, I assume you know him I know as well from, yeah. from your MVC stuff. Oh, yeah. I yeah, actually covered him when he was an assistant coach to Sidney Moncrief at University of Arkansas Little Rock in 1999. My first really? TV gig, yes. And he was Sidney Moncrief's assistant, and then he was Rick Majerus's yep. assistant, but he was at Illinois State before. That would before be a tough job, by the way, being Rick Majerus's assistant. Yes, yes indeed. We had lunch with Majerus. He wanted to take us out on the show one time, so we went to Adriana's. Yeah. And Porter Mosier was there, and, and Rick's telling me and the cat and Doug all these stories, and Porter comes in and kind of, he was like his handler. And got <laughs> so I'm super happy to see him. Yes. Because I always thought he's a pretty good coach, but he's had some uh, awkward circumstances uh, in the past, and now he's got a team in the Sweet 16. Well, I, I'm happy for him. I really am. I'm really happy for the Valley. You know, it's it's important when you um, – it, it's interesting. If people would take a hard look of what it means when a team from a conference continues to go on. So mm-hmm. you get, like – essentially, you get, it, it's – you get units, yeah. Okay? And, yeah, the, yeah, and yeah. the units start piling up. Yeah. And the units mean money, and the money goes into the conference, and it's important. Mm-hmm. So when you had Wichita State and Creighton going, you know, you had two teams, and one would advance, and you know, Wichita State goes to a Final Four. That means a lot for that conference, and, and I hope people understand what the Valley has done for St. Louis. Like just that, that conference tournament brings in millions of dollars to the economy, and and you know we're both St. Louis guys. I like to see things that. I'm being serious here. I, I like to see things that, that bring sports and revenue to and jobs to the right. city. And so I'm happy for the conference yeah. because it's, you know, it's, it's kind of ironic. Wichita State gets bounced in Loyola. First round. The right. first year after that. And I saw Illinois State, State's coach took a little shot at them. Oh, uh, did they? Yeah, uh, yeah, right after Wichita State got shipped. And yeah. Loyola advances and, uh, and Porter's a good guy. He, he is a good coach. It's, it's, you know, it's tough when you're a one-bid league team, um, and that's what the Valley is right now with only having Loyola in, you know, to get a guy to, to take them to a Sweet 16, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's yeah. a big, big deal. So, yeah, I was really happy for those folks. Did you get a chance to watch Missouri and Florida State on Friday? I watched that start down here until 10, 10 40 40 or something. Like that. Yeah. yeah, I did watch it. Um, it was... When Even I was in three minutes, I'm like, they're going to lose this game, mainly because of the foul trouble. They yes. already were in with Brayer and Tilling. You're like, oh, God, here we go. It's yes. going to take long. And, I, I, you know, it's unfortunate we did not see Michael Porter Jr. at his best because he clearly is compromised with what he was trying to do. The guy, if anybody had seen him prior to his days at Mizzou, you know the kind of player that he is and a difference maker, too. Like, you don't say, you know, man, that one guy is going to maybe take me to uh, Sweet 16. Occasionally he will. Yeah, he yeah, was that one guy, yeah. but he's compromised, and I think he was probably trying to do too much, put a lot on his shoulders, and the rest is history. But I, I would say this: Conzo to have that turnaround in one year and doing it, it essentially in less than a year yeah. because the, of the when he took the job, pretty amazing yeah. what he was able to do. And, and now he's got major inroads into St. Louis and into Illinois from his time as a player and a coach and all that kind of stuff. So he's he's going to get players, and it's going to be fun to watch. You you called uh, you called St. Louis basketball yeah. this year. Uh, would calling NCAA tournament basketball be something that you would love to do? Like, what's on the what's on the Dan McLaughlin? Because you call NFL games. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Cardinal games. You've done national baseball yeah. games. What would be the 
what would be the thing that you would love to do? I'm not saying that you're leaving to do this. I'm just saying no. hypothetically, if there's something that you would love, to, like love the only golf. sporting event I at this point would like to go to that I haven't been able to go to is the Masters. Masters. That that's it. it. Oh, that was it for you. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'd love to call a Masters. Yeah. I don't care if you give me like just one hole. Yeah. And it's the third hole. And I'm <laughs> third like, hole. Here's, Here's the current. <laughs> he lines it up. A double bogey putt. And a double bogey. <laughs> and now Timmy is at 17 over. <laughs> Through three. Through three. Through three. Considering withdrawing. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> I would love to do that. I uh, Have you ever called golf? I, you know what? I did, uh, this was fun. I got to do, um, our Pujols golf tournament came through. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, so then the way that they did it, though, was I got the chance to call it like it was live. So I sounded like awesome. I was like, boy, he needs to line this up. You're <laughs> really into it. You can tell he's a little left. You know, of course it would just go slightly left. Magical. <laughs> Magically, I, I was just all over it, you know. <laughs> I saw breaks. Man, I can see. Look at the grip here. I mean, his right hand is way too over. He's gonna, he's gonna hook this. And it happened. It was awesome. How do you know your stuff? It was incredible. I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I enjoy the local stuff more than, like, a thousand times more than doing the national stuff. Yeah. I don't like, um, you know, for instance, if you do an NFL game, which is, it's great. I mean, and they treat you like you're a king. I mean, did you go police escort? Did you get police escort? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, you get the police escort from the building to the yes. airport. Oh, and great. then they say, who do you want to talk to? And you get them. And they show up. <laughs> and they're and they're pleasant. Yeah, they're cordial. That's the real variable. It's one of the craziest <laughs> things I've ever done. Wait a minute. You're not going to yell at me for asking this? They were nice to me. I like you. You know, so they were all good with that. Uh, but I love, as crazy as this sounds, it's a love-hate thing of the grind of a baseball season. Yeah. I love doing it every day. Yeah. I do, I, and I love doing it in my hometown. So, so many, as you know, Tim, I mean, it's hard to do in our business to work in your hometown. I mean, whether you're doing talk radio yeah. or the Tim McKernan show with, you know, me or whatever. I mean, design air. Thank you. <laughs> we're talking about a game coming up on Fox Sports Midwest. <laughs> I like that. Thank I you. Like it that. just blends in. Yeah, it does. But... It's hard to do it in your hometown, yeah. you know? And so, I, I, I mean, I, I don't make any – I don't lie about it. I, I love the Cardinals, yeah. you know? And, like, Ozzy was my favorite player growing up, and I enjoyed the 80s teams, yeah. and I thought being around La Russa was great. I was with Tony La Russa, by the way. This yeah, you went over to interview him on Friday? Yeah. yeah. So we had to do some things with the club, and uh, and he's I, – I just – I find him fascinating. So what do you guys talk about? Is this for the podcast? Mm-hmm. Is this for the – Yeah, so we did for both. So okay. – uh, he did. He's got his wine and whiskers event coming up, so we did a commercial for that. Did some other things around that, uh, and then I said, "Hey, I want to do a long interview with you." And he's like, "Yeah, man, let's do it. Let's let's shoot." So this is over the Red Sox camp at the yeah. Flyers. Yeah. So we had got a private room, and then we talked for like a half hour after that. I mean, and I just I'm fascinated by him. Yeah. I always tell him that I'm like I could interview you for five hours. It is one of the, he is one of those guys that it doesn't matter when. No. You could find a million things. Anything stand out from the conversation that can yeah. be uh, shared? Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, and I called him. I don't know if I called him a liar on it, but I said, you're lying. <laughs> and he said, no, I, he said, I'm serious. So he – With the Lancelin Game 5 of the World Series 2000. No, I didn't get that. <laughs> Although I wanted to. I know the story behind that. It's a pretty good one. Um, but we started talking about, like, the pace of play. Okay. 
And I said, does it really bother you? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you know, when I was working for the commissioner after I got done um, with the Cardinals, he said, you know, I I sat in the back room of the rules committee. And so they're talking about, you know, all different things, all different scenarios are on the table. Like, hey, if you – you bring in a guy in the seventh, he's got to pitch the entire inning. Okay, that's a that's a thought. Okay, you bring in a guy, uh, and he's got to face more than four batters. Yeah. So, you know, all these different things that they're just trying to throw off, uh, throw against the wall and see what sticks. And so I guess somebody stood up and said, well, the guy in the back wouldn't agree to any of this stuff, and it was La Russa. And Tony said, no, you're wrong. He said, I managed with the cards I was dealt. So the rule said... I can make pitching changes, right. you know. So if I wanted lefty lefty, I go lefty lefty. Right. If I wanted this that, I do that. So he said, with the way the game is played today, and it, it and I talked about this on the air the other day, and I couldn't agree more. Your action now in baseball, the big fun action is in the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and there are more than ever tight games, mm-hmm. you know, two one games or one run ball games, and so your intensity in those games as a fan, are, that's when it's the best. And he said, you know, to me, we slow the game down so much that we're boring people. You know, it, it, and I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but it becomes really boring where the best action in our sport is now being, you know, halted to a call. Yeah, yeah. And he said, we need to figure out ways to speed the game up. However we got to do it, we got to do it. Did he have any theories? Uh, yeah, ideas? I mean, he, he likes the idea of, I mean, he talked about pitch clocks. He, he said it works there. He said, you know, having a guy come in for one inning, he's got to stay for one inning. The visits need to stop. The, the catchers need to stay behind. I mean, all that was on the table. And I was just, I said, you're lying. I said, this isn't the, yeah. who are you, yeah. you know? And he's like, no, man. He's like, you know, if this is going to make the, the game better, um, then that's what we need to do. Uh, what else did I ask him about? We talked a lot about Mark McGuire, and he is very passionate about McGuire. I would say that McGuire kind of taking the brunt of a lot of, of the, the guys that did PEDs. He's the one that kind of kind of got it open and took the brunt of it, where others now are getting a pass, yeah. you know. And, and uh, I think that really bothers Tony because yeah. they're so close. Uh, we talked about Ricky and Keel, and I said, you know, it's to me he's such a unique story. And he said, I had no idea what he truly was going through until I read his book. He said, oh, really? I said, I read his book, and now I've talked to him about it. And he said, I thought I knew what he was going through. And he said, I had no idea. And he said, I wish I would have known more back then what I know now, which we all say about so many different sure. subjects. But those two have forged a really close bond and relationship. And I, I thought it was fascinating. And then I asked him, I said, okay, you have a law degree is this boring you? No, I'm, okay. I'm legitimately entranced right now. Yeah. Okay, so I said, we all know you have a law degree. I said, but take being a lawyer out of the equation and take baseball out of the equation. If if you didn't have those two, what would you have done with your life? And I thought he'd say, well, I'd teach or I'd coach or whatever. He said, I own a bookstore. I said, you own a bookstore? He goes, yep, I own a bookstore, and that's what I would do. I said, that that, that would be my passion. I would love it. So I said, how many books have you read in your life? And I said, I'll put the over under at 10. He said, oh, over 10,000. And I said, okay, how about 20? He goes, probably slightly below. Oh, my God. So what he does, like after a game or something, you know, he'll find a restaurant. And, and, he, and he sits there with, a, what, a glass of wine? Yeah, and has a glass of wine. wine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen it. I've actually seen it. I'm sure you've seen oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, it, and that's how he winds down yeah. and, you know, takes a long walk and, and the rest is history. Yeah. I, I just find him... 
a fascinating character, uh, a great Cardinal legend. I think that he wasn't understood when he was here until he started to win yeah, more. That's, that's but, you know, when he won the World Series, this was great. I, I thought this was awesome, and he was getting emotional about it. I said, uh, I'm not going to ask you to give me a favorite moment, but give me a moment that stands out for you because everything's going to be tied for first. And he said, <laughs> well, he said, one of the great things that happened to me in St. Louis was 2006. We win the World Series, and I'm at my desk, and I'm just kind of taking everything in, and Bob Gibson rolls into the my office and he extends his hand, and he says, welcome to the club. I got goosebumps. He goes, welcome to the club. Now you're a Cardinal. Wow. How about that? Pretty Man. cool. After 10 years, yeah. but he gets that world championship, and Bob Gibson walks yes. in. Yes. Man. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's kind of like a field of dreams kind of moment yeah. right there. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. He's uh, he's doing some amazing things, too, with his, his Animal Rescue Foundation, which we talked a lot about. And I, this has always bothered me, too, and I, I want to make sure I, I say it right. You know, does Tony love animals? Clearly. Okay? The guy loves animals, and he's done a ton for the Animal Rescue Foundation. But what the animals have done for people that they what they rescue, it, it's pretty amazing the stuff that he does. Like, he goes to elderly homes. He personally does it. I've seen it now. He, he's doing now a lot with our military. So he's expanding his complex. And I don't know if you've ever been there in Walmart uh, Creek. Yeah. It's like the Taj Mahal of animals. Really? It's, it's unbelievable. So they're building uh, some more stuff to help um, those that come back that have mental issues or um, post-traumatic stress, you know, from, from war. And, uh, and he's helping out those guys. And when I went out to do a feature on, on him, I'll never forget this. This is like 12 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever. I, I go out to Walnut Creek to do this piece on him. He's like, all right, let me take you all around. So he takes me all around. And all of a sudden, uh, some little girl comes up and had done like a lemonade stand and had like change for him in a in a oh, yeah, yeah. and she didn't know who Tony Larusa was. She just thought it's Tony Larusa, the animal yeah, guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And he is sitting there at his desk with a pile of mail, answering every single letter and writing people back that have either donated or have a story about animals or whatever. But I mean, he's done a lot for a, a, a number of people in his. His art foundation is actually considered a, because his name is on it, a celebrity foundation, and it's one of the either number one or number two in the world of celebrity foundations. I mean, he's raised millions and millions of dollars for that. So it's, it's a neat story. How about that? And he's yeah. so passionate. I remember when the Cardinals won the World Series in 06, he was up there. In a With his, smooch your pooch? Yeah. yeah. Smooch your pooch shirt. Yeah. Martin Kilcoin loved that for Ask Tony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's my smooch, smooch your pooch. <laughs> uh, favorite baseball players growing up? Ryan Nabe with the question, if I'm pronouncing that right, Ryan, I hope so, maybe, maybe. You just said it was Ozzy. Yeah. Mine was Willie McGee, who is, of course, here in Canada. Have you told Willie? I, so. I think so. Well, you told, who was, you said Isringhausen? You told Isringhausen he needed to tell Ozzy and Willie mm -hmm. that, that they were favorite players? Yeah. We did that Retire 51 campaign in 2006, oh, right. remember that? Yeah. We got thousands of signatures for that. And then Willie contacted me. Which was, I was just like thrilled I was on the phone with Willie McGee. So did you know he was calling you? Did you know it was his number? Someone who communicated with me that he wanted us to stop it. Really? Yes, but not because he was angry when we talked on the phone. He's so humble. I know. So he was like, if it's going to happen, I'd be honored. But I want it to happen naturally. I don't want it to happen because the organization feels like they, they were yeah. pressured into it. And I recall talking to Mark Lamping, who was still with the Cardinals at the time, and he said, the issue is we don't 
mean, there's no doubt he's still one of the most beloved figures in the organization. Here, 12 years later, it's still the case. But with the exception of Ken Boyer, whose number was retired after he passed right. away at a young age, uh, everybody whose number is retired is a Hall of Famer. And so that's the standard that the organization internally yeah. set. And my counter to that, and then some Cardinal fans say, we well, don't just retire anybody's number here. We're not like the Rays or something like right. that. But, you know, the Yankees did retire Don Mattingly's number, and they are, you know, the creme de la creme. And that's because he signified that generation, even though that team, I think Mattingly might be only played in like one playoff series, I think, like 95, I think. 95, he was done right as they were getting going in 96. That's right. Uh, And so that typified that era. Now, don't get me wrong, Ozzy Smith's number retired. But um, I think for so many people, he symbolizes Cardinal baseball, not just the 1980s, but what you just said, that he was so humble. Yes. And that people absolutely love him. And and they've unofficially retired it anyway. But Smith wore it for like a start and all hell broke loose. Right. And then he was number 52 after that. Do you, uh, I don't know if I told you this story. I, I emceed Whitey's golf tournament. Did I tell you about this? I don't know about this one. So I emceed Whitey's golf tournament, and every year he's got a theme. So it could be, you know, closer theme or starters theme or the 85 team. Well, last year was 87 because mm-hmm. it was 30 year anniversary, and all the, the players came back. Most of them came back uh, for his tournament. And so Whitey sat up on the, the dais and the, the stage, and I was here, and then we would bring up. Uh, a player. <clears throat> so I, uh, you know, I bring up Ozzy Smith and I'd ask a question or something about Ozzy or to Ozzy and he'd answer. And then, and then Whitey would just say, all right, let me tell you about Ozzy Smith. And he'd give you like these incredible numbers and stories that, you know, he's so sharp. It was incredible. So we bring up Willie McGee and Willie gets a huge ovation and, and Willie was just, he was great. He starts sweating all over because he gets up the pressure of it. And so uh, Willie gets done, and he said, I'm going to say something tonight, and uh, I really believe this. I've actually talked about this a little bit on the air. Um, He said, you can have, and I'm paraphrasing, but you'll get the point. You can have Stan the Man, you can have Albert Pujols, you can have whomever you want. He said, I truly believe Willie McGee is, this is why he's saying this, Willie McGee is the most popular Cardinal to ever play and wear that uniform. Wow. Wow, that's, that's 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 saying something there. Oh, that yeah. So I asked Willie about it, and of course he said, "Oh, oh. you know, he said, <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, I just gave my best and I tried hard, you know." But he he's just such a humble guy, and it, and it's you know we say some guys are humble. This is like totally legit. Oh yeah, he is. Oh yeah, as humble as it gets. Which then leads me to think about this team this year. And I, I think the addition of Maddox and Okendo and McGee has been huge. I, I, I really do. I, I just think you can see tangible, yes. tangible results, no mm-hmm. question. Um, and I, I'm going to try to find out today if I get to the ballpark early enough uh, with Okendo. But I've been noticing the middle infielders playing a little bit more towards second base. Mm-hmm. And it's a direct correlation to him and how he used to play with Ozzy a lot of times up the middle. But he... Every single pitch, and I said this on the air yesterday on Fox Sports Midwest. Yeah, so nice. Thanks. <laughs> I said, if you get a ticket to a game and you're by the Cardinal dugout, and so you're first baseline, and if you're by the camera well, you'll see Okendo usually is on that top step, right. uh, furthest from um, where they go down into the, you know, on the other side sure. towards home plate. Every pitch, he has got, boop, boop. Really? Boop, boop. Come in. Yeah. You got to do this. Okay, okay, yep, you're fine. All right, go get, I mean, every pitch, he's doing that. 
just because he knows Yachty, he knows the pitcher, and he knows the hitter. So he and he, he goes through the at bat and he says, okay, well this might be a let's say a, a cutter in on his hand, so we got to you know do this that and the other. And he's guessing along and he's putting these guys in a position to to field, and it's just incredible. Wow, that's something else. And he pushes. He's he's really good. Um, he he's tough. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know how to put it. I mean, he's guys. I, I don't care how much money they make. I, I firmly believe this. And somebody listening to this may tell me I'm wrong, but guys want to be taught. Like even the most mm-hmm. talented players want to be taught, and they want to be pushed. And he yeah. does that. Yeah, he just pushes. I saw Matt Carpenter was quoted a couple weeks ago saying, "I need somebody to." to to be yes. jump my ass sometimes, and he said that was that's good that we have that back. And I remember talking to Matheny, who was a catcher, and he said he felt like he was like a psychologist, and yeah. he had to go out there and like yell at some guys. He had to go out there and just like kind of encourage other guys. Right. And he also was catching for a friend of yours, Garrett Stevenson. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh he said I had to manage him a oh different way. Yeah, you have you had a little post game show. We had, a, we had a lot of fun on some post games. Um, <laughs> I wonder, if, if, do you think your fan base uh, knows about the Garrett Stevenson story? I mean, well, we have, sometimes we have some younger younger cats watching this. So, what was that, 2000? 2000 won the division. Yes. And I'm uh, it, I'm the clubhouse reporter. <laughs> Joe's on the, uh, Joe's doing the uh, game, so, and we're kind of going back and forth. I'm basically, I grab a guy, yeah. interview him, throw back. The best stuff. That's what we watched up growing up in the 80s, yes. like our holiday in Vince Coleman. That's another signature moment. <laughs> Outstanding. Yes. So, do a Mount Rush. There's certain things in your your life you look back on, you go, ah, that one stands out. So Garrett, I said, and Garrett and I used to play golf almost every day. Oh, really? Now yes. I didn't know this part of the story. Yeah. So I, I'm a big fan. Yeah. You know, I I like them. We're buddies, and I used to play a ton of golf with them. So, hey, Garrett, mind doing an interview? Damn anything for you. Great. <laughs> All right, got Garrett Stevenson here. Garrett, uh, you know, obviously celebration and uh, what a what a relief to get it over tonight, huh? <laughs> Let me tell you something, Dan. Now, little did I realize that Garrett, maybe before the final out, had started the celebration a little <laughs> earlier. So uh, <laughs> that was unbeknownst to me. So uh, Garrett says, you know, we got a great team, we got a great staff, we got a great manager, and we have got a great. Effing yeah, yeah, big fan of this. It was the F-bomb. Yeah. And uh, Mrs. Lyle on Fox Sports. Yes. And I said, all right, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> to Joe. And Joe said, thank goodness we're on cable. <laughs> Great line. But uh, I, I, and so it's kind of funny. I, I think you can see me later. Like I, I'm, I'm still like the microphone's potted up or something. I go, man, what are you doing? <laughs> I hear me in the background yelling that. I go, what are you doing? He goes, that was live? I said, yeah, that's live. What are you thinking? Oh, God. That's why those celebrations, uh, the cat is... The cat has become a master of them. Him and Seth Maness had a little uh, exchange, if I recall, a few years ago. It's one of my favorites. Uh, and so the cat is so quick on his feet, you know, that uh, there's some story I can't tell. If the cat was here, I'd ask if I could tell the story. But the things behind the scenes where... A player may or may not be lighting into us, you know, and you blah, 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 and the cat just comes back with one line, and, you know, the guy doesn't know what to say. Yeah. And all of a sudden, his teammates are like, you know, that's the cat. Beautiful. God bless the cat. That 2000, Evans always says, I would imagine he's told, told you this over the course of calling games with him, 
He said that was one of his favorite teams yeah. because they were so fun. And you think of some of the players, to refresh people's memories, Will Clark came along uh, after the trade deadline or right at the trade deadline. He injected a cantankerous personality. He kind of like Hayes Antiel and J.D. Drew, yes, as I recall. J.D. especially. Yes, yes. JD I was on those players. Yeah, yeah. J.D. looking me a beer. And it's like, yes. he became a busboy. Eric yes. Davis used to haze the hell out of me. Sean uh, Johnston. I mean, he was better. Oh, man. my God. Old yeah. school. Yeah. I didn't know this. Ampiel told me, so he was called up in 1999. That's when he made his first yeah. start yeah. Uh, in Montreal. And so then in 2000, he's part of the rotation. I didn't realize this. He said I was 20 or whatever he was. He didn't turn 21 until like June or July yeah, of, his, so, uh, of 2000. So he's 20 years old. He said the next oldest guy was Matt Morris at 26. Oh, my God. And then everybody else was 30 or older. No way, yeah. really? Now, I, I need to go back and look. In 2018. Yeah. I need to go back and look. Yeah. I mean, that's not that far, uh, you know, long ago. Yeah. And that tells you how much the game has yes. changed. To where, so you saying this was the 2000 team? Yeah, the 2000 team. Wow. I need to go back and look. But, God, yeah. But you I started mean, picture in the roster, and yeah, that was a, that was a veteran-laden team. Todd Stottlemyre. No, he was in the midnight. So I'm thinking six. Kyle Hermanson. Kyle, yeah, Dave Beers, Dennis, Beers, yeah, Venice, yeah. You know, I mean, so those are all thirty plus guys. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of the. I guess Edmonds was right around thirty at that point. Yeah. Eric Davis certainly was over thirty. Will Clark was certainly over thirty. Dunstan, who's the second baseman on the 2000 Cardinals? Tony Womack, 2004 Cardinals. That's for Andrew Vina. Yep. Vina was a free agent acquisition. Yep. Renneria might have been right around yep. thirty. So maybe he was younger. Third baseman was Tatis, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. His son is a player, then, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. I saw it pop up in my oh. Twitter feed. I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's Fernando Tatis' kid. Sure enough. He played. Yeah, so this is all these late 90s Expos guys have yeah. sons that are killing it. Vladimir Guerrero's mm-hmm. son. Yeah. yeah. So he's a player. Which organization is uh, San Diego? He's a San Diego. Yeah. How about that? Pretty good. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, like, I'll say it, but I don't want you, because it's a sensitive issue that... that Jim's half shirt. It's it's been asked about Jim Edmonds. Yeah, yes, <laughs> not the cat. <laughs> not the cat. I haven't seen that happen a post game celebration of the half shirt. I We did a chat one time, and you know, Edmonds was kind enough to do it on InsideSTL.com. I'm like, this would be great. You know, people yeah. ask questions. You're talking, Edmonds. You're still playing at the time. It was 2006. Sure, Jim. Come on, I'll do it. And so he did it on the phone. And so I would ask the question. I would type the answers. And somebody asked him about the half shirt. And I go, okay, you don't have to answer this. He goes, no, I'll answer it. Tell him I don't question what your mom wears when she's working the drive-thru at McDonald's. <laughs> and I'm like, you really want me to type this? I typed him, and sure enough, there's a story on ESPN.com. <laughs> Jim Edmonds hosting a chat, and I'm like, oh, God. So that's why the half shirt, 12 years later, it lives in infamy. Uh, people love the Garrett Stevenson story. Kim Velker, I just wanted to let you know you are a great baseball announcer. Thank you, Kim. Kim kind of. Checks in the mail. The greatest player you ever called. It has to be Albert. That is from Joel Henney. I, I've been doing some thinking about this. Okay. Actually, so you're yeah. a Cardinal or anybody? Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, okay. Now, this will be. Uh, to me, the Cardinal has to be Al. I assume unless Albert. Albert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Albert by the greatest player. Um, Tony Gwynn was wow. pretty darn good. Nice play. Uh, and I think maybe the greatest pitcher I saw was Roger Clemens. Yeah. I did his 4,000 strikeout. And the Cardinals were up in New York. Yeah. yeah. All in one game. He had the 4,000 strikeout and the 300th win, right? That's correct. And Renteria, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, I, 
Now, I didn't see him in his prime, but I still saw him, and he's pretty good. And, I mean, he was – Oh, yeah. You can say what you want about all the other stuff. I'm just talking about what I saw on the field. He was one hell of a player. Oh, I mean, five, the 05 Cy Young race. He had Carpenter. Carpenter. And was going back and forth. It was Clemens and Carpenter. And, Car- and Clemens' ERA was like under two. Yes. And it was a September matchup, early September, excuse me, that Carpenter faced Clemens and outpitched him yeah. in Houston. Yeah. And that's when I thought, okay, he that's won the Cy Young. Yeah, Cy Young, you know. Um, but I, Tony Gwynn, to me, and I, I had the chance to, to talk to him. I did a, I, I wish I could find it. I did like a half hour thing on hitting with him. And it's the most fascinating stuff yeah. that you'd ever see. And, and for people that don't know, before I was doing games and stuff, I mean, I was running around. Oh, yeah, you were. Grabbing tape from the post-game stuff. I was the stringer for UPI, AP, ESPN, CBS. I mean, all of them. Mm-hmm. I had this designated phone. It was Whatever. <laughs> so, they all stole me checks, by the way. Pay up the $20. $20. So, um, but I remember walking in. I, it was fascinating. And I walked in, and Tony Gwynn is sitting there with his Padres clubhouse? Yeah. And he's sitting there with his brother having a beer. And they're watching video. And he was the first guy, I remember, uh, that extensively would just go back, and it was old VHS tapes, and rewind, stop, watch. And watch video. I, I don't remember any, any other guys doing that. And now it's just, that's all they do. Yeah. They watch video yeah. and study and study and study. But he was the first that I remember that I saw doing that stuff. Yeah. And when I watched him hit, it was incredible. And that's why in Bud Smith's no-hitter, I was calling that game on, on radio with Mike Shannon. And I remember as Bud was going along, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, but Ricky Henderson was in that lineup. There's some good hitters in that lineup. And Tony Gwynn was nursing a sore hamstring, and I thought, he's going to lose this no-hitter with Tony Gwynn coming off the bench yeah. as a pinch hitter. And sure enough, he came off and hit a rocket right at Renteria or whoever was at short. I think it was Renteria. And I thought, that's it. Yeah. He's going to win. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to get the no-hitter. Yeah. Yeah. Once he got past him. Yeah, because yeah. that was the guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was so good. At, he, I would have loved to have watched him play now against the shift because it wouldn't have meant anything. Yeah. You want to shoot he would have adjusted. adjusted. He would have adjusted. Yeah, he would have hit that. He would have done this. I'd say Ichiro is another great player that uh, comes to mind. Yeah. And it was really – Al's told this story a lot on the air. But we went to – so the Cardinals are playing a exhibition in Seattle. And this is back in, I guess, 2000 or 90, whenever he came up. And so we had heard so much about Ichiro, right? So we go to Lou Pinella before the game. Al knew him, and I'm, I'm just kind of tagging along. And I eventually got to know him better when he was the Cubs manager. But – I said, uh, I said, well, what's going on with, you know, Ichiro? He's, whatever, he was hitting, like, whatever. He's like, man, he's off to a slow start. Right. And he's like, man, we don't, we don't really know. I mean, we're just kind of watching him, you know. We're, we're just kind of, he's okay, I guess, but we'll, we'll find out in regular season. So we saw him, like, a year later, and we asked him about that, that spring training, and Ichiro apparently told Pinella he was setting up the league. Like, he didn't want to show his stuff. No yeah, way. That he just, you know, just was he was going to not put out his best early and that he was saving it for the regular season. And he was rookie of the year, and I think he was the MVP. Yeah, 2001, I think. He yeah. Just, he came and he had a cannon for an arm. Yeah. That was the other. I mean, he, he threw out a Cardinal last year in spring training. He threw out two in one game, yeah. and then he threw out one in regular season play. Unbelievable. Yeah, and it's like 44. 40, yeah, I was about to say, it's been 40s. Right. I'm curious about this. Uh, if you – 
had to get a, a ranking right now of the best ball players. Do you go Trout or do you go Harper? Is it is it is it a flip for you, or, or am I missing somebody? That you, that Altuve. Yeah, 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 yeah. Altuve would be in there. I mean, Altuve had 24 home runs last year and 30 plus steals yeah. and won the batting title. Yeah. You know, just signed to an extension with yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. he got uh, five years and 151. Um, I, I yeah I. It's unfortunate that Trout doesn't play in either the Central or the East Coast because I think we know more yeah. about him. Now, for me, I'm a baseball junkie. And like what I would used to do, and I still do it all the time, but especially at home, I'd come home and I've got the baseball package and yeah. I'd, I'd love to listen to Vin Scully. Oh, yeah. So I would just put on Vin and I'd watch a Dodger game. Yeah. But that I would, so I would, when we'd see the Dodgers, I always knew them pretty well because I'd watch all their games, but you don't see Trout all that much. Right. And he's doing things that are just. Unbelievable, yeah. you know. I mean, look, the numbers he's putting up are incredible, um, and I think it's a fascinating off season, and it it, it blends into the, the Harper thing. Blends into like what may happen with free agency next year. Was this an outlier of a free agency period, right. or is this the way it's going to be next year and beyond yeah, right? yeah, until yeah. they have another CBA? I don't know. I, I, I it's interesting because I think maybe some teams said, look. We want to stay below the luxury tax, and we want to save up big money to go after these guys, Dodgers, Yankees, those kind of teams. Um, or do you say, no, they just didn't think that these guys were worth it, and this is what free agency is. Right, now. right. It's going to be fascinating because what those guys get is going to be astronomical. And um, Does Harper get $400 million? I don't know. I, know. I mean, three months ago I would have said, yeah, absolutely. Now I'm going, I'm not so sure. Right. What do you think, if you had to, like, guess, where do you think he winds up? Do you think he's yeah, back a lot? You think he goes to the Yankees? So the Yankees have Judge, Stanton, and Harper. That's my, here, here's and my what Judge was talking about how he wants to see Machado, and then the right. had to, like, slap him on the rim. Right. Machado, by the way, was hitting 432 coming into Roger Dean Chevrolet yes. Stadium on Thursday, so he's not taking spring training lightly. No. I, I would say this about Harper. I and the only reason I say that, I, my understanding is he wears number, uh, the number that he wears to honor Mickey Mantle, which was his favorite player. So he wears 34, 3, and 4, 7, Mickey Mantle. Okay. Um, and here's the thing. If, if he wants to go down as one of the greatest players ever, and he has a chance. I mean, he, think about what he could do in that stadium. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think yeah. you know, the Yankees have the money. Uh, they have the stage. Now, I would think that Washington will make a, a huge push for him. I would think the Dodgers probably would, yeah. too. But if he goes to that ballpark, I mean, he could put up some God. monster numbers. Oh. Monster numbers. The thing that freaks me out about him uh, is he's only 25, and, and you've been calling games with him since 2011? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just nuts. He had a brief time in the minor leagues, wasn't that much, and then they called him up. Yeah. And he's 25. I mean, he was in that series against the Cardinals, the comeback game in Game 5, 2012, the NLDS. May or may not have grabbed his crotch at Jason Mott after getting struck out in the ninth inning. Not sure. But either way, we're not here to talk about we're that. We're not here to Sunday talk about it. It's not on a Sunday morning. It's when I do my late night live from spring training. But I'm thinking, my God, I would imagine he's probably 20. No, he's 25 years yeah. old. So he's moving into the prime of his career. Right. still one of the best players yeah. that's out there. God, if the Yankees had Harper, Stanton, and Judge. Wow. I mean, it's just something to think about. Yeah. I mean, so then yeah. what if they get him, let's just play out the hand, then where do you think Machado goes? Ooh, that's a good question. I kind of feel like Machado's the Yankee that's going to happen. But, I mean, obviously we have no clue. Right. I mean, who would have guessed that Jake Arrieta well, would have Philadelphia or Lance Lynn would be in Minnesota? I would just say look at the big market teams. Yeah. You know, those that, that are willing to spend that kind of money, and they're all in play. Yeah. And they're all in play for both of them. Yeah. You know, the thing is, too, Tim, it, it, 
until he comes out and says, this is what I want. I, I want either a city or uh, I want to play in a ballpark I know I can mash in or I want to be, without question, the highest paid player. You know, all those things, you, you don't know, right? So that all dictates what you do as a free agent. And um, if he says, hey, I want to be the highest paid player, it may not be New York. You know, yeah. it may be the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I always say this, it takes one. Yeah. It takes one oh, owner to say, yeah. you know what, I want that guy, yeah. and I'm going to do anything I can. I mean, Tom Hicks saw it with Artie, Artie Moreno with Albert Pools exactly. seven years ago. Uh, all right, let's see. I'll make sure that we get questions, people, unanimously on uh, Mike Trout. Uh, on that question, by the way. All right, a couple more questions. Uh, Design Air Heating and Cooling, the sponsor of our mm-hmm. live from spring training online at designairservice.com. You need new air conditioning. You need to get your air conditioning checked. So when it does warm up in St. Louis, you are ready to go. Please go to designairservice.com. If any HVAC issue, automatically just think Design Air Heating and Cooling. They are the number one train dealer in the Midwest, and it is hard to stop a train. All right, let me go through a few here. Uh, most talented player you saw that didn't pan out. That's mm. from Jeremy McMahon. That's an interesting one. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Somebody I thought, I mean, I'm sure you're... Who comes to mind for you? I'm thinking of, I'm, I'm solely thinking of Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, where I was just... I thought Bud Smith was going to be a star. I mean, he, he was a rookie when he threw that no-hitter. And I guess he ran into... Was it elbow issues? Yeah. And then shoulder. The shoulder. The shoulder is the death for the pitcher. The elbow, obviously, you get the Tommy John and you can come back good as new. I would say, uh, who are some Alex Reyes, or, uh, not Alex Reyes, uh, Anthony Reyes. Anthony Reyes. Anthony Reyes. I thought they were really high on him. He won this game or the World Series. Yeah. Just throwing it up, four seamers yeah, out yeah, of the zone and pounding it. Um, he's a firefighter by the Firefighter way. fighting those fires yeah. in California a couple months ago. I'd have to think about that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm going through names in my mind. I'm sure there'll be plenty in the chat people will suggest. Uh, guys, hopefully Harper's relationship with Chris Bryant doesn't take him to Chicago. Sure. Uh, call call or Dan for president. That's a nice sentiment. It has nothing to do with you. You're one of us, though, so I don't I mean. We, you know, I've heard him many times on your, your station. <laughs> you enjoy his work. Really do. He's a hot taker and a hot caller. And uh, what was interesting about caller Dan, <laughs> and, uh, again, I – yeah, seems like a pleasant fellow, you know. And when he calls in, he, he's he's got hot takes. <laughs> but what I found interesting was that he hadn't figured out that you guys had left uh, nine twenty to go to five ninety. That's right. But you well, have to keep track. You had, you had already been gone for at least a year. He's <laughs> tuning in, just thinking we were all on vacation. Right. right. You guys were on an extended vacation at nine twenty, and he was like, "I just found you on five ninety. I'm sure it's still at nine twenty. It was amazing how he just he couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Suggestions coming in. Uh, Bo Hart getting votes. Uh, but Rick Ankiel, Rick Ankiel, I guess, would be... As a pitcher, yes. Yes. I mean, that was J.D. Drew getting mentioned for that award. Um, I mean, I feel like J.D. Drew, I don't know. A decent that. career. Yeah, he, had a, he was all over the place at the end. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. A lot uh, of people have joined. They have, they have been joining this morning. Waking up, waking up a, a night after a night of basketball, Blues overtime win, the whole thing. The Blues won, huh? The Blues won overtime. Tarasenko yeah. was hurt, but uh, they won. What overtime. happened to Tarasenko? Uh, it looked like it was a play like in the first or second period up against the boards, and he got hurt. But they picked up the two points, which is kind of necessary. They're in a must-win situation here, pretty much the rest of the way out on the wild card uh, spot, because that's the only chance they have of getting here. Yeah. Um, let's see. So you are uh, going to be on. Well, 
Alan Craig's a nice play. I wouldn't necessarily obviously put him at like one of the most, but just making that turn in Cincinnati yeah. and what that did, just like that. And we'll never know. Yeah. And I, and I talked to a guy. Uh, That'd be an interview I would love to see you do for your podcast because because I wouldn't be able to get him. I don't have a rapport with him. I would love for when it's over, whenever yes. it's over, for him to finally kind of, I mean, what unleash a tortured. You know, I, I've got my own personal theories on what happened there, and injury certainly is a big part of it. Um, I talked to a guy that would know, and and he felt he said, you know, something happens though when you hit thirty. It was really interesting. He said, sometimes you get old, and you get old in a hurry. And he said, maybe that's what happened to him. He said, I'm not saying that's what happened to him. He said, it could be that simple, where mm-hmm. it just age caught up, and it, it, it you know, yeah. he wasn't the player that he could be. Um, but it's really hard to figure out how he goes from, I mean, a money player. You wanted him I up. Mean, with, in the middle of the order for a World Series team. Yes. Team, I'm talking about the team that won the pennant in 2013. Right. They caught the final out in 2011. And that was a September injury, if I'm not mistaken. It was. In Cincinnati. Yes. And then the most famous game of that World Series against the Red Sox was the interference game, and it's Alan Craig. Obstruction, yes. Rawled out. And yes. all I'm going, oh, my God, this is only going to compound. Yes. What already was a rough situation. And, and you have to think that it probably curtailed anything that he wanted to do off, you know, in the offseason yeah. to get in shape. And, you know, you start out, it's a cruel sport, man. Yeah. I mean, if you don't come in ready to roll, it's – it's, it's hard to yeah, catch up, yeah. and I, I just wonder if that's what happened. We'll never know. And he is with the Padres organization? Yeah, last check he was there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'd love to see him get back, boy. It'd be a great story. Uh, Morn Dan, think the birds will be in on Holland if he comes down to one year. I'm of the opinion he is down to one year. I don't know how he wouldn't be down to one year. If Arietta's down to three and Lynn's down to one, I don't know Holland's not unless he's just digging in and going, somebody's going to have a closer issue early in the year, and my market will be different than, say, a starting pitcher. Perhaps that's what he's thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would think that if he wants to pitch, and he's probably throwing out, he wants multi-year deals, mm-hmm. teams are going to come back and say, no, here's the deal. Yeah. But, you know, his role is so specialized and such a difference maker that he might get it, you know, if somebody gets hurt, right. or he's big. The team's got to bite for bullets. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll do it. I'm, I've been wondering about that. A question for Tim, where'd you get that hat? Sort of Cardinal related. It is a Cardinal hat. I, my understanding is, Dan, you know the Dotems, don't you? You ran into them out at Coors Field. Uh, the family. Is that Deets? That's Deets. Deets. Yeah. Dennis and Deets. Yeah, Dennis and Deets. The alliteration's phenomenal <laughs> coincidence. And uh, Dotem's friend, who lives in Chicago, we did a remote from Chicago at a place called Sedgwick's, and he showed up at our remote wearing this hat, and I said, I love that hat. Where'd you get it? And it was the Cardinal All-Star Game hat when they played in San Diego. And that is where the hat comes from. Nice. For the record. So it's kind of like, I guess, blue and... Uh, it's kind of a little yellow. gold. A little gold. Yeah. Yeah, it's our old St. Gabriel's colors. That's why I wear it. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, Cal Kennedy just joined. Just, yeah, I'm in his bracket. I have Missouri winning one of his brackets, and I have Arizona winning the other. So I'm just killing. I'm killing. I'm absolutely killing. Do you, do you fill out tournament brackets? I didn't do it this year. I was like... I, 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 like, forced myself to do it. It's so, yet I'll fill out 50 DraftKings teams for golf every weekend, but I forced myself to, to fill out an NCAA tournament bracket. And, I'm and, and you had Arizona winning. I had Arizona, I legitimately, like, I'm a Missouri, which is kind of like, for screwing around, Arizona was legitimately my pick, and, and by Thursday, so who's seven, they're gone. You, you do a lot of the odds now. So who's, who's the odd? To, to, who's the odds on to win it now? Well, Virginia was the number one overall. So right. So what happened there? I would guess Villanova. I would think. Yeah. I would. I would think Xavier and Kansas aren't considered up there with Villanova. Right. Uh, Kentucky won yesterday. Kentucky right? won yesterday, and they have a very favorable path right. to uh, 
Are they the ones playing Loyola Chicago? Is that Loyola Chicago? Yeah, they do. Yeah. In Atlanta. Uh, and then the bottom of the bracket is uh, TBD because Cincinnati and Nevada played today. But yeah, I mean, it would be how cool would that be to see Loyola Chicago. I'm just like I said, I like Porter Mosher's. I've known him for a couple decades, and I would love to see that in there. But uh, yeah, the NCAA tournament bracket is over for me with that. Dan, how about a Max Scherzer interview? STL guy who's clearly the most dominant guy to ever come out of this town, Joel Hemme. I would love to see you uh, do because you're doing just sick content with these interviews. I mean, they are so. It, it's been fun. Yeah, the teases on Twitter are outstanding. Thank you. I, I, I had this is how uh, technically challenged I am. So I'm excited. I got the Larusa thing done, you know. And I'm so what do you do? You're setting up a GoPro, yeah. a stack of books, correct? That's yeah. It's yeah very that's expensive. all you need these days. I mean, we're running these things. I have two phones going. We have little Nevo cameras. That's all you need these days. But you know what I came back with on my GoPro? Oh no, did it? My oh, finger. Tell me. Oh yeah. no. But that's okay because I still had the result. Yeah, I got the pot. Okay. It's, it's it's all good. All right, it's all good. But so what? Your finger was like over the camera? I don't know. I I hit it wrong. Oh, so I didn't record. Right. Oh. So I hit it off the. I thought I hit it off my. I makes me cringe. I hate those stories. But it's okay, John. No, I've had it happen to me, too. By the way, it is the worst. I said the other day, I think... um, question on Tiger's comeback? No, no, no. With uh, with Scherzer. Scherzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think right now he's borderline Hall of Fame. Yeah, I would say that. I would agree with that. But I... I, How many signs does he have? Two or three now. Yeah. Done it in both leagues. Right. Dominant. Yeah. Um, The no-hitters. You know, I, I... I, I think he's the guy that you got to start taking a look at. In this day and age, you know, the 300-game winner and all that stuff, that's all by the yeah. wayside. Yeah. I mean, it's just not going to probably happen again. Right. So you got to look at different standards of how you evaluate. And I think he's I, I would think so, too. I agree with you on that. He's a, he is, I'm sure, you've interviewed him a million times. I love him. I, I think he's, he's a, a great uh, interview, too. When he's in the mood to talk, and he loves, he's passionate about, like, Missouri football and basketball. Well, I did his games. I did some Mizzou baseball. Oh, yeah. So I did his games. I mean, I saw him. Did you see, did you see yeah. what you were seeing now? I saw the arm. Yeah. Um, I saw a wicked delivery, like kind of violent delivery. Yeah. Um, big, big arm. Did I think he would be like this kind of guy? I No. Yeah. I, I thought he'd be really good. Did I think he'd be this good? No. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought he'd be really good. Yeah. Rarely can you project this kind right. of uh, stuff here. Uh, Tim, where can one get that steamer shirt? I got it online somewhere. Uh, so I would just recommend typing St. Louis Steamers merchandise, and I think, and somebody then followed me on Twitter. Tony Glavin. Glavin. Will you, can you get Tony a Tony Glavin? Let's go. Your, your, who are your top three steamers? Mount Rushmore of steamers. So I'll add another one. Tony Glavin's a nice play. Slovo, um, Slovo's in there. Colorado's Don Ebert. That's it. I'm in. I'm done. I think I'm in there. Yeah, that's a nice I'm play. Like Steve yeah. Petcher. I know his daughter, who's married to Troy Robertson, right. St. Louis U guy. Right. Uh, and who else? Uh, we mentioned Carl Rose. Redmond Lane. I always like the Redmond Lane. Lane. You like that one? Yes. Yeah. Redmond Lane. I haven't heard that name in a long time. I like that name. That's why that one stood out. Uh, has there not been a Dan McLaughlin bobblehead? If not, let's work on that. Thanks. I'm good. Yeah, you know what's going on. We're, we're good. You know what's going on from that. Uh, Dan, thoughts on Tiger's comeback? Does he win a major this year? That's from Dave Hootsell. I'm going to say yes. I kind of agree with you. The odds on favorite to win at Augusta. Is he really? He is. He became the odds on favorite this week. Now, it's obviously wow. a public play. It's kind of like the Yankees and Alabama and Duke and all that. Those are in Cowboys. They're always public plays. But yeah, he has looked so good. I don't know if he's going to be able to catch up today. I think he's five back going into today. It's made it so much better. Oh, the best. And then Nicholson went two weeks ago. Tiger's right. back in it. And you still have the guys, the young guys, who are playing well. The leaderboards are always good now because there's such a depth of talent. 
So I like nerd out and watch this stuff. And like I said, I fill like 50 DraftKings rosters. Can you imagine if you're running the PGA behind closed doors, you're like high-fiving oh and God, smoking cigars yeah. going, yes. Has there been a more anticipated Masters and maybe in our lifetime than, than this one? Man. With Tiger coming back and Nicholson having won, and then you have Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, uh, Roy McIlroy, Jason awesome. Day, Jordan Spieth, obviously. Yeah, I'm fired up, and I'm super fired up. You're in Bell Reef. Oh, yeah. You're in Well, I mean, I, I, shot, I shot an 84 yesterday. Uh, How many rounds have you played down here? Uh, about 12. You played more than that. I'm like, I'll go out and I'll, I'll screw around. That's when yeah. I ran into Bryce Harper fishing. That, it's a hell of a picture. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I, yeah. I let him stand on a step stool for the picture. That was nice picture. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be it'll be a great picture. I'm like, God, he's 6'3", and I'm, I'm like 4'11". How was he? Was he nice to you? He was super nice. He pointed out my wayward drive. Yeah, is he that was right? nice. Have you interviewed? Because I feel like he's a guy for as big of a star as he is. We don't really see Trout or Harper I have not interviewed, interviewed all that. I have... Uh, I go down, a lot of times what I go do with McCarver, he's like, let's go say hi to Bryce Harper. I said, okay. So we go in there, we go say hi to Bryce Harper. And he's affable? Oh, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, how you doing? How you doing, Mr. McCarver? You know? Yeah, he's great. Um, The best, though, is when you're with Tim McCarver, you are America's guest. (laughs) You really are. I would say it's instant credibility. You can talk to anybody. Well, the best was, like, last year... In like a two-week period, I met uh, and had a conversation with and a picture and a ball signed by Willie Mays, which was awesome. I mean, that was incredible. Yeah. And then we're at uh, we're at a dinner in Chicago, and Scotty Bowman comes over to our table. I mean, we're sitting there, and he's like, hey, Tim. Scotty, how are you? <laughs> What's going on down the floor? <laughs> you know, they start talking about, you know, they, they, they don't live that far from each other. Yeah. So Scotty Bowman sat at our table for a while, and talk blues hockey and his time in St. Isn't Louis. The best? Isn't that the best? You're fly on the wall. Yeah, I mean, you're sitting there listening. Absolutely. That is the uh, that is the best. Well, you have a game to call, uh, and I've already kept you later than... Uh, it's all right. It's been fun. fun. But you will drive up to uh, Roger Dean Stadium for the Cardinals and the Nationals today on Fox Sports. Midwest. Midwest. There That's it right. is. You can catch that. And then uh, then a few more games here next weekend. Yep. And then it is, uh, it's almost time for the regular season. We will do another live from spring yep. training coming up this week. Always enjoy it, sir. Always fun. Yeah, really do enjoy it. Thank you to everybody for participating. You can watch it anytime you can miss it. It stays up on Facebook and it stays up on Twitter as well. For Dan McLaughlin, I'm Tim McKernan. Thank you to everybody for watching. Thank you to Design Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring. This has been live from Spring Training.